0: Turn with me in the scripture to Psalms 55. Psalm 55. We've been on a topic for some weeks now called sustained. Sustained. And this is our text, our, our main text in Psalm 55, 22. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Sustain. What does sustain mean? If you look up the word, it has to do with, these are other ways it's translated actually in the Bible, to keep, to nourish, to feed, to provide, to guide, To hold and uphold. What does it mean to be sustained? We might say today, keep. He keeps me. And he takes care of me. He holds on to me. He continually supplies me. Looks out for me. Takes care of me. When you're sustained of the Lord, like we shouted about last week, you're set for life. Amen. Set for life now if you if you didn't hear that, you ought to get it. reminds me of my grandma she 's in heaven now, really good cook, and i don 't mean you know there was no instant anything there she had never had a microwave, and uh, she start from scratch, you know pans and flour and skillets and so she'd be cooking on something half a day. I can see her standing by, in front of the stove now, and she'd go, she'd go, that that is good if I did make it myself. <laughs> and I feel that way about what I preached last week. That that is good if I did preach it myself. <laughs> But anyway, uh, it won't cost you anything. Go online, download it, go back to Word Supply, get your CD or DVD. Get caught up with us, because these things build one to the next. And uh, we talked about how that God, His Word to us is good, and we need to trust Him. And the determining factor, one of the biggest determining factors in whether this one's kept and this one's not kept, is because this one trusted Him. And this one didn't. And it really is just that simple. He said, Cast your burden upon the Lord. This reveals that. Burden is anything heavy, anything that's weighing on you, anything that's pressuring you. What are you supposed to do when something's weighing on you? Something's bothering you. If you choose to just yield to it and sit with it and ponder it and worry about it and cry over it, then you're stuck. Because somebody's got it that can't fix it. You. Right? If you could fix it, you wouldn't be sitting there worrying about it. You'd do something about it. Now, it's not all that complicated. If this person can't fix it, what needs to happen? You need to get it to somebody who can fix it. Don't keep, you know, I'm I'm what you might call a shade tree mechanic. I can change a spark plug, change the oil, change a tire, you know, a few little other things beyond that. But when it comes to rebuilding a transmission from start to finish, rebuilding an engine from start to finish, you know, uh, what would be the reason? I'm supposed to be going somewhere to preach, and I've got my engine scattered all over my carport floor, <laughs> and I don't even have the tools. And I don't know what I'm looking at, I'm thinking, I wonder where that goes.
1: <laughs>
0: I forgot where that went that came from. <laughs> and I could wrestle with that thing and smear grease all over the carport and the house and wear myself out and get it together and it still not even run? Or if I had some smarts, come on help me out. If I had some smarts, I'd get it to some guy. Who's done this for 30 years. Come on is that right. Who's got all the tools. Who knows everything about it. Get it to somebody. Who can do something with it. Well when you got any kind of pressure. Any kind of fear. Any kind of worry. Any kind of heavy thing. What does this verse say to do. What does it say to do. Cast it. That means throw it. Cast it. Your burden on the Lord. Say Lord here it is. Here it is. Catch.
1: <laughs>
0: Why? Because I can't fix this. This is beyond me. I can't do this. <laughs> you ever seen people wrestle with stuff, spend all their money, wear their stuff out, try a thousand things, and look at each other after three months and go, I guess we're going to have to pray. And they say, you don't mean it's come to that. I think a lot of folks are way too slow to admit, I can't fix this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We could save ourselves so much heartache and pain and problems and wear and loss if we just early on go, ah, this is a job for Super God. <laughs> I got to get rid of this as quick as I got to get this out of my hands. Right? Because I'm not Super God and I can't do this. But he can. Amen. And if you'll throw that burden on him, what did he say he would do? What did he say? He said, he shall sustain you. How many take that right from the word, right from the Lord, as a personal word for yourself? Would you say it? Just as surely as I cast my burdens on him, he shall, he will sustain me. Go to Psalm 91. We've looked at this repeatedly. Psalm 91, the first verse, Psalm 91, 1 said, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And if you skip to the last verse, verse 16, it says, with long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. How'd you get there? Well, you started off trusting in the Lord and looking to Him and holding on to Him. How did you make it to long life? Well, the arrow that flew by day didn't get you. That's right. The plague didn't come, now your dwelling. Is that right? All the things that he mentioned didn't take you out. You made it. You either avoided it altogether, or you made it through it, or you made it past it. But you made it all the way to long life. Until you were aged and satisfied. Seen it all, done it all, wrote the book and have the (laughs) t-shirt. Until you're saying, Lord, I, I have fought a good fight. I've finished my race. I'm ready to come home and be with you. And he said, Well, come on. And you're out of here. But in order to make it through your teens, through your 20s, through your 30s, through economic downturns, through plagues, diseases, the swine flu and the bird flu. Come on, are you listening? Crime waves. Anything and everything. How many of this planet Earth is a very dangerous place to live? In order to make it through all of that to old age, God had to keep you. You were sustained. Now, a whole lot of people are not being kept. This is just a fact of life. People are perishing. Way too young too early, wrong. Did you know there's a right way to die and a wrong way to die? Yeah, we could show you scriptures on it. Did you know there's a right season to die and a wrong season to die? You can die too young. You can die early. I know a lot of people say things contrary to that. See, They're looking at the casket with a 14-year-old in there and say, well, you know, it was their time to die. We don't know why. God just chose this and God. No. No, it's just not true. I know people say it everywhere, but it's not true. It's not true. That didn't mean he didn't love them. That didn't mean they didn't make heaven. But they were robbed of life they should have had down here. And don't say it was God's perfect will for them to be robbed of those years. Because it wasn't. Whether it's me or you or whoever it is, how many believe the Bible reveals the will of God? Are we reading some will of God right here in verse 16? Come on, tell me what the will of God is. Will of will of God is with long life. Is that for everybody or just a few handpicked few? Huh? God's no respect to persons. With long life, I will satisfy him. Him being who? If you back up and read the previous part of the Psalm 91, you'll find out why not everybody's making it that far. Because very few people will stand up and boldly say, it may happen to a thousand over here. It may happen to 10,000 over here, but it won't happen to me. God's keeping me. He's kept me this far. He'll take me all the way. Very few, percentage-wise, church-going people would dare to say that. They'd say, wow. Wow. You just never know. We all hope we make it. But you just never know what God's going to do. Well, you can know he's going to do what he said he would do in his word. So you got the word. And you got religious tradition. You got truth. You got goofiness. Which one do you want? The, the, the truth will make you free. Turn with me, please. Whew. Psalm 37, while you're over here in the book of Psalms. Psalm 37, 18 says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Why would you be ashamed? This is verse 19 now. Why would you be ashamed? Because you run out. It's embarrassing. When your kids are not adequately clothed. It's embarrassing when you can't pay your bills. Is that God's will? No. For his people to be embarrassed? No. Have to say I can't be a part of it. I, I can't do it. Sorry I can't pay you. Sorry I can't do what I told you I would do. Is that the will of God? No. That's not the will of God. They'll not be ashamed. In the evil time. And in the days of Famine. They shall be satisfied. (laughs) Somebody said out loud, I'll not be ashamed ashamed in the bad times. That's what evil means. Evil means bad. I won't be ashamed in bad times. Do you believe that or not? Come on, say it out loud. "I I won't be ashamed in bad times. I will, we will be able to pay our bills, do our business, Do what we need to do Do do. in bad times times or good times. times. And in days of famine, that's really bad times. In days of famine, there's a lot of people not making it. But what about you? Not only will you make it, you'll be satisfied. If you're satisfied, you're not saying, well, I need, if I just had a little more. I don't have enough. Well, we came short on this. We just need a little bit. No, you're satisfied. You're going, no, we got it. We're good. We got everything we need. We're happy. Even in, we're talking about famine times. Bad times. And this is that same Psalm. If you skip down to verse 25, where he said, I've been young. And now I'm old. Had David been through some stuff? <laughs> How'd he make it to old? After all the battles he was in? Saul tried to kill him for years. And then I mean Goliath thought he's gonna kill him. Is that right? When he's a teenager. And on and on. God kept him through betrayals, through traitors, <laughs> through they had problems in the country. They had people attacked. They had all kinds of in, internal and external. And he made it all the way to an old man. Yeah. Yeah. After all the battles, all the stuff he's seen. Yeah. And you know, health care back then wasn't what it is today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now think about that. Oh, yeah. If God could keep Moses That's right. and David. Mm-hmm. Come on, is that right? Surely he can keep you today. How how different would it be for him? I've been young. Now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Why? Didn't have to. Didn't need to. Why? Because God sustained you. God kept you. Let me read some more here. I'm trying to move too fast, but this is so good. You don't want to miss any of this. Okay. Psalm 41. Go to that one. Psalm 41 in verse 1. Psalm 41, 1. Blessed is he that considers the poor. Now, you know, if you're going to be a blessing to the poor, you don't need to be poor.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> so, Have mercy on the poor. Oh, I am poor. I'm going to bless myself. No, in order to really be a blessing to the poor, you can't be poor. I'm not saying you couldn't do anything. You can. If you've got anything to give, you can give, and that's one way you get out of being poor. But if you're going to do anything to any appreciable degree for the poor, then you're not the poor to have that kind of ability. And there's a blessing. That comes from helping other people in need. The Bible said, if you have mercy on the poor, you lend to the Lord and he will repay you. Wow. (laughs) God says, I'm going to pay you back. And the proverb also says that, you know, if you have mercy on the poor, you won't lack. The one that does won't lack. Well, you see this again. Blessed is he that considers the poor. Why? Because the Lord's going to deliver you in time of trouble. You want to never be down and out? Help somebody that's down and out, and you'll never get there. Blessed is he that considers the poor. Why? Because one day he'll be down and out too. No, the Lord's going to deliver him. Even in times of famine and in times of trouble, keep reading, the Lord will do what? He'll preserve him and keep him alive and he'll be blessed on the earth and you'll not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. There's something else goes along with this, healing. Verse three, the Lord will strengthen him on the bed of languishing. And you'll make all his bed in his sickness. Now what that means is what you saw in the ministry of Jesus. People came in on the bed and the bed went out on them. Amen. Amen. That's what he means when he's talking about making your bed. Job 5 and 19. Somebody say, God is keeping me. Job five nineteen says, he shall deliver you in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch you. Now, when he says six, yea, seven, don't just get stuck on that number. He's saying, in a bunch of problems, even more. In repeated situations, God's going to be there. God's going to be there. Come on, God's going to be there. God's going to be there. And even though it's devastating people all around, it's not going to touch you. In famine. He shall redeem you from death. Now, famine is when nobody can get food. I mean, everybody's starving. Nobody can get anything. But you're going to be fine. And in war, from the power of the sword. Sometimes it's not bread you're concerned about, it, it's that guy trying to kill everybody. <laughs> but whichever one it is, you're kept. I'm kept. You shall be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shall you be afraid of destruction when it comes. Glory if it rolls in the town. If all kind of terrible things start to happen in the nation or in your town. Correct. You won't even be scared. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Won't even be scared. You're not happy about it. You care about them. But as far as you being scared that you're not going to have anything to eat or that you're going to be destroyed, you're not even scared. Because God told you, cast all your cares and burden over on me and I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to take care of you. Did he tell you he'd take care of you or not? Did he? Did he? Is he able to? No matter how rough it gets, is he able to? He is. Somebody say, I won't even be afraid of destruction when it comes. Keep reading. Here's what you'll do. At destruction and famine, you shall laugh. Say what? You ain't scared. What are we going to do? You go, ha! Sit here and relax. Trust God like I always do. What are we going to do? 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 We're going to be fine. God's keeping us. He brought us this far. He'll take us the rest of the way. We'll be fed. We'll be kept. We'll be clothed. We'll be housed. Us and our kids and our grandkids. Come on. Are you listening to me? We're going to be fine. Why? He keeps us. But now see, if you embrace the fear with everybody else then you are not doing what he told you to do. You're not casting that burden on him, and you're not trusting him, so then you become as vulnerable to destruction as the rest of the world. Somebody say, I'm going to trust him. Now, go with me to 1 Kings, please. 1 Kings. We looked last week at uh, what we're just talking about right now, about trusting him and what a big factor that is. But trusting him is more than words. Trusting him, if you really trust him, you'll do what he tells you to do. You will say, I trust you. And you will talk faith when faced with adversity. But that's not all there is to it. If you talk a good talk, but when he tells you to do something, you won't do it. You just proved you don't really trust him. No matter what you're saying. Faith without actions is dead. It produces no results. So yeah, you got to trust him, but that trust is revealed in word and deed. In action, we're saying. So, This is such a tremendous example we're about to look at. Most of you know it. You're familiar with it. But let's read and spend some time here in 1 Kings 17 to see how God supernaturally, faithfully, spectacularly sustained his man and his people through the worst of times. Through drought, through famine... Can he still do it today? Would he do it for you and me just like he did it for his people then? 1 Kings 17 verse 1. Elijah, who's a man of God, who's a prophet, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. You know, this reads different than a lot of people think it does. He said, when I say it does, it's going to rain when I say it does. Now, you know, most folks would never have that happen because they would never believe that and they would never say anything like that. Here are quiet it, got. <laughs> Let me give you some scripture. You like scripture, don't you? James 5.17 says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. It was initiated, both the drought and the rain, by his praying. And he got that in his heart and his spirit. He said, it'll rain when I say it does. According to my word. (laughs) <laughs> you should see the looks I'm getting across the crowd. I'm reading scriptures here, yeah. right? right? Yes. In Revelation 11:6, it tells of another time. It says they have power. This is Revelation 11:6. They have power to shut heaven that it rained not in the days of their prophecy. Yeah. Who has the power? They, they do. They ha- they believe it. They say it. It happened. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that to you. 1 Kings 17. Go, let's go back to it. So when he said that, verse 2, 1 Kings 17, 2, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get thee hence. Give me some Arkansas translation of that. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. And turn you eastward and hide yourself by the brook Kareth. Uh, Did you know sometimes it's time to hide? Yeah. You know Jesus hid. Yes. There were times when he hid. There were times when Paul hid. Yeah. There are times when they didn't. So when do you hide? When do you not hide? Yeah. The answer to a thousand and one questions. Be is be led. Do you believe that? Yes. Oh that's, that's not just a saying. It's the answer. What do I do do now? You need to hear from the Lord. There's nothing can substitute for that. You need to seek him, pray, seek him until you hear from him. And then do that. If anybody ever comes out with a 10,000 volume set, what to do in every situation? Save your money. (laughs) Because it's not true. If that would work, you would need the Holy Spirit. And you need him morning, noon, and night. You need him. He is your helper. Capital yes. H. He's your guide. You need to look to him, lean on him, and respond to him. Whichever way he leads, to the left or to the right. So he told Elijah, the man of God, get out of here. Now it's just up right there. When the Lord says get out of here. What if you really like it? What if you lived there for 30 years? (laughs) What if you grew up there? And you're third generation. And all your memories are there. Mama and them. Aunt and uncle and everybody. You've been a member of this. and You played golf there for 30 years. And and that's your favorite grocery store. Huh? God says get out of here yes. what do you say yes. well, what about what about the kids and what about the this and what about the that if God said get out of here none of that means a thing That's right. and if you think well i got to have those answers before I'm going to get out of here then you're rebellious hard headed and don't trust him because again and again he'll tell you to do things he'll say go do this And you'll go, why? And there'll be silence. (laughs) Nothing. Because you're getting all you're going to get until you do it. And if you have to have more, then you don't believe. You don't trust Him. What's happening is you're demanding to walk by sight and refusing to walk by faith. And God likes faith. Get out of here! Somebody tell me a correct response. <laughs> huh? Get out of here. Go eastward and hide yourself by the brook, Karith. That's before Jordan, by the brook. Yes, sir. Is there hotels out there?
1: <laughs>
0: by the brook. <laughs> But I don't like to camp out. (laughs) Now you're laughing. But you know what I'm already into? Why millions. Don't get their needs met. Why millions. Are not kept. Why they perish. In hard times. Because they wouldn't leave the old home place. If Jesus himself came and held their hand and said, would you please leave? They're not going to do it. They wouldn't go out without a full map of what's going to happen who we're going to meet and how it's going to come from and how the money's going to work out and the math, unless you can show them a three-year plan. No way, no how. They're not leaving. They're not going. And so because of fear, They will cling to what they know and it will slip through their fingers. And they perish. I'm talking about good people. Good Christian people that love the Lord but lack the faith to do what he told them to do. Do you want to be kept through every downturn, through every drought, through every famine? Come on, are you listening? Do you want to be kept Then here's what you got to do. You got to hear from God. And you got to do what he tells you to do. If he says get out of here. What do you do? Get out of here. And don't let it take you three years to make up your mind. And if he says go to the brook. Now come on. Put yourself in Elijah's place. Why go to the brook? There's nothing there. Why go to the brook? Do you think in 10,000, no, 100,000, a million years, Elijah could figure out what God's going to do next? Uh, have you read this passage? <laughs> Would you have ever guessed in a million years? How's God going to meet my needs? Next. Keep reading. It shall be, you'll drink of the brook not raining, so people, is going to be water shortage. And God is directing you to a supply of water. And He knows that the brook Kareth is going to last longer than anything else around there. He made the earth. He knows these things. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Say, What? The ravens. Ravens. Yeah, I looked it up. They're black birds. Big old black birds. Ravens. You're the ones that call, call, and laugh at you, you know, when you come out in New York. They got an attitude. Have you noticed? Caw, caw, caw. It's like they're sitting up there laughing at you, making fun of you. That's a picture I get, that they're making fun of something. But God says, I'm going to feed you through the ravens at the brook. Now, here's here's a very important phrase. I have commanded the ravens to feed you. Tell me the last word. Tell me the last word. There. There. Where are you going to eat? There. There. Where are you going to have plenty of water? There. There. Where are you going to have food? There. There. You cannot separate faith for provision from being led by the Spirit. Not successfully. You can't believe to be abundantly supplied just anywhere you decide to go and be and do anything you decide to do. It's not going to work. You can't come up with your own ideas and your plans and ask God to bless them. And everything just be automatically taken care of when you have discounted his plan and refused to go where he told you to go and do what he told you to do. I've commanded the ravens to feed you. You know what that means? Those ravens were going there no matter where he went. Wonder how many of the provisions of God. Were at the right place at the right time, but there was nobody there to pick it up and receive it. That's something to think about. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm enjoying this greatly. Are you? Do we need to know these things? We need to know these things. If Jesus is your Lord, You can't just do anything you want to, anywhere you want to do it, and be okay. If he's your Lord, what does that mean? That means he tells you what to do, where, with whom, how, when. Is Jesus your Lord? Then we should check in with him on everything, shouldn't we? We should ask him about everything. Where am I supposed to be? What church am I supposed to be in? Where am I supposed to work? Where am I supposed to live? What am I supposed to do? There's been, I I don't know at the times, the Lord has directed me. I thought I wanted to do this. And he dealt with me to do something else. And I thought, "Uh, I wanted to do that. (laughs) But after a while, I found out, no, you want to do what he wants you to do. Because he's smarter than you are. Sadly, there was a few things I insisted on doing and he let me do them. Yeah. And after a few years of that, I got out on the floor and put my nose in the carpet and said, God, I don't want you to let me do stuff no more. <laughs> I, I want to do what you want me to do. Is he smarter than you? Come on, is he? Is he? And you, you, got to, you got to say like Jesus said, I delight to do thy will, O God. It's a choice. It's an act of your will. And you can change just like that. Amen. Yes, sir. That's right. We, you know, we left home. We went to Tulsa, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I never imagined, never desired to go there. We came to Branson. Never crossed my mind to come to Branson and start a church. We've started one now in Sarasota. Never crossed my mind to start a church there. And people say, well, there's all kinds of places. You know, what about this? What? Do people have asked me to check out the demographics. No, on purpose. Right. You check where you have the most partners. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Check out where, where's the most affluent place and who's got the most money. I don't care how much they got. Don't mean they're going to give any to you. What does that mean? You know where the Lord would raise up a church like this? He's doing this all over the world. You know why the Lord sent this church to Branson? Why the Lord sent the church to Sarasota with us? He knew you would value it. That's why. He knew It would mean something to you. You would appreciate it. You would embrace it. You would work. You would sow. You would believe. You would come. You would honor him. Hallelujah. That's why. That's why here. There's a lot of places they might have some things going for them. But the truth is they despise these things. They could care less. And so they don't have it. And they won't get it until that changes. We're blessed. We are oh, somebody say we're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Keep reading. Somebody say it again. He commanded the ravens to feed him there. Did you get that one word? There. Where's the provision coming? There. If you're smart, where will you go? There. There. <laughs> Because that's where the provision is. Amen. Where he told you to go. Yes. <laughs> you could spend the rest of the night on that, couldn't you? Yes. So he went. And did according to the word of the Lord. And that's why the boy's in the book. Yes. That's why we're talking about it tonight all these years later. Yes. He did it. Yes. He went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, That's before Jordan. Camping out. Yes. Yes. Main prophet. To the known world at that time, I guess. Elijah, he's the man. Out there camping out by the creek. (laughs) If anybody came out and said, what you doing out here, man of God? Lord told me to come here. I'm here. And the ravens. Oh, is God something else? The ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. And he didn't just eat once a day. And bread and flesh in the evening. Now you can get by, especially in, everybody else starving to death, you can get by on one meal a day. You can get by on one meal every three days. God's feeding the boy twice a day. Twice a day. And all the good clear water he can drink. Come on, are you listening? And not just one thing. The boy's got bread and meat. He's eating meat and bread. How many know in times of famine? To get one or the other would be amazing. (laughs) Here's the question. Who feeds the ravens? I mean the New Testament. Jesus said, consider the ravens. What's he saying? They don't work. They don't punch a clock. That's what they're laughing about. They're looking at you. (laughs) I just got that right now. I just realized, that's what they're laughing about. They're watching you and me work. They're watching us sweat. No wonder they're cutting up so much about it. They don't punch a clock. They pay no taxes. Come on, are you with me? No rent, no electric bill. And they're watching us working away, sweating with our brow. And they're going, ha, 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 ha. Don't you issue shoes like us. What do we do? We hang out on the fence.
1: <laughs> chat.
0: Play. Dive bomb and runs. <laughs> Just wait next time you wash your windshield.
1: <laughs>
0: Actually Job 38:41 says who provides for the raven is food. Talks about God. Psalm 147, 9 says, He gives to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. He mentions them several times in the Word. Who's feeding the ravens? God. And so now God's using the ravens to feed a man, feed his man. Now that'd be fun to watch. Food is like gold, it's a drought. It's a famine. And here comes these ravens. Caw, call, 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 And somebody just got some bread out of the oven. Whoa. They got it from somewhere, didn't they? They swooped in. Somebody been saving that piece of bread and they're just about to eat it. Whoa. Raven comes by, grabs that bread. Somebody's about to eat a piece of chicken or a steak. Three ravens come by. Boom, boom, boom. They're going, where's my food at? Where's my food at? (laughs) And they fly straight over to the brook Kareth. Release that piece of bread. Mm -hmm. Release that meat. After several days of this, Elijah goes, well. Not time for them us <laughs> to come in. Got to get my plate out of here. Oh, come on, boys. You, you didn't get it on the plate this time. Come on eh. Thank you. Y'all stay after it now. Good birds. Good birds. <laughs> How many believe this wouldn't have happened anywhere else on planet Earth except beside the brook Kareth? He said the Lord had commanded the ravens to do it there. Keep reading, keep reading. It came to pass after a while the brook dried up. Uh Uh-oh. Because there had been no rain in the land. Could God have kept that brook going? Yeah, but He didn't. Did God tell Him to go to that brook? Yeah, but now the brook's dried up. The channel God told you He was going to use is dry. What needs to happen now? What needs to happen? Don't fuss, don't cuss. Don't blame anybody. You need to seek God. Amen. Right? Amen. Because you know it's His will to take care of you. Amen. You know it's His will to take care of you. But if you're no longer getting your needs met like this, like it's been happening, doesn't mean God changed His mind and wants you to starve now. Right. You know, some folks, he, He's a preacher. Some folks would have would have started a Careth Brook Evangelistic Association. <laughs> You got a sign and wonder. I mean, people would come, wouldn't they, to see this? Behold, the ravens. And here they come flying, and you think people would shout, could shout, they'd be shouting and running in the aisles, is that right? Look at them ravens. It's a sign and a wonder. Then a lot of charlatans would have built it up and then passed the plate real fast. That's another sermon. (laughs) <laughs> but the brook dried up. Somebody said the brook dried up. brook dried up. Why? Well, it's not a mystery. Ain't been no rain. The brook dried up like everything else is drying up. And verse 8. And the word of the Lord came to him. Amen. What's the most important thing you need in all these situations? The word of the Lord. You can't have any faith without the word of the Lord. How does faith come? By hearing the word of the Lord. And the Lord said, Get up and get you to Zarephath, which necessitates getting out of here. Hello. <laughs> right. How many know? No matter how blessed you were and how spectacular the miracles, yeah. don't cling to something that's become comfortable to you. you when the Lord says, Get up and go, go. get up and go, Amen. get to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. A widow woman. In the time of famine? Would that be the first place you'd think to go? He said, I've commanded a widow woman there. There's that word again. There to sustain you. So we know his provision now for this next phase of life and ministry, he needs to be here. Glory to God. You know, I've been in the ministry, Phyllis and I've been in the ministry long enough now. to I, I can look back and see these things. Every time we did what he told us to do, and a lot of times it was associated with launching a project for this building or for this thing. When you went there and you did that, here came money and lots of it. You'd have never seen that. If you hadn't done that. Come on. Can you see this? If you'd have been too scared to step out. And the thing is. You know. What's going through Elijah's mind. Ravens are going to bring me food. By the brook. You never heard of it. Now we've heard of it. We read about it. He'd never heard of it before. Even now. Haven't heard about it. There's all kinds of people would not believe this. I believe it. Do you believe it? I believe it happened exactly like this. I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Is God taking care of his man? Even in times of famine, even in hard times, bad times, is he taking care of his man? Yes, he is. Keep going. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Smart man, this Elijah. When he came to the gate of the city, he just got there. Behold, the widow woman was where? There. there. He just got there, coming through the gate. and she just happens to be there. there. And God said he commanded her there to take care of him. There. 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 She's gathering some sticks. Does she look the picture of affluence? No. She's out picking up sticks. Rich people don't do that. They have people that do that. (laughs) And he called to her. He said, Would you get me? I pray thee, I pray thee means he's asking, not telling. I don't care how much you know what God has said, you need to realize people don't even have to obey God. And you better be nice. Elsewise, God can be trying to do something for you and you can get in there and act ugly and act like a heathen and mess up your favor. We might say, please, I pray thee. Could you get me a little water? You're not asking for a lot of water, I'm not asking for a gallon. A little water in a vessel could I, so I could have a drink. I believe he's prompted of the spirit to, to ask that. Keep reading. And what'd she do? She went and got it. Water? The brook's dried up. Water's precious around here. What'd she do? Jesus said, he quoted this in his ministry many, many years later. He said there were many widows in that land during this time. You remember that? And to none of them was Elijah sent. Except this woman right here. Let me read that to you. In Luke 4.22. All bear with him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of Jesus' mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Luke 4.23. He said, you'll surely say to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we've heard done in Capernaum, do here in your country. And he said, verily I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Now think about this. Why didn't the Lord send Elijah to his own country, his own folks, his own people. Why is he over here at this little town with a widow woman? This is what we've just been talking about. Why Branson? It's not just about geographic location. It's not just about who's the most affluent, who's got the most. It's about who loves God enough, respects the things of God enough. Come on, are you listening? trust him enough to actually do what he tells them to do. And the sad thing is there are millions on the planet will not do it. They don't respect it enough. They don't believe in it enough. And no matter what he might tell them, they're not going to do it. Which is why he winds up here. He says, keep reading, verse 25. I tell you the truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. That means Elijah. Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, how many know three years and six months things could get bad? Yes. I mean, these are three crop cycle seasons where nobody made a crop. Nothing's going. I mean, with no water, livestock's going to die. I mean, it's, in three years and a half, it's going to get really, really bad. Great famine was throughout all the land. What did the Lord say? There were many widows in Israel. Keep reading. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Zidon, to a woman that was a widow. This is what we've been referring to repeatedly. Many people are not being kept. Many people are not having their needs met. Even many of God's people, believers, believers, at least believers in Jesus as their Savior and churchgoers. We need to take a good, cold, hard look at this. Did a lot of widows perish in Israel during that time? Did them, and if they had any kids, did they not eat? Did they go hungry? Maybe people starved. And Israel is God's people. And here's God's man his prophet to his people and to the nation, he's not going to send his man to one of his own people with us. Is God fair? Is God good? Why did he send him over here? If you keep reading this, you'll see why. He's saying the prophet's not accepted. In his own hometown or country. His own house. Why Not believed in. Why did this woman do what she did? We know God had dealt with her. Before the man of God got there. He said I've commanded her. Now we don't know exactly. I'm sure she didn't know all the story. I just know how God works. Come on do you? But he did something in her That when this man shows up, if she didn't know him, she recognized this is a man of God. She began to put it together, what God had dealt with her. And when he asked for some water, what'd she do? She didn't argue. She didn't fuss. She goes and gets the man some. And that's all you need to know as to why he sent her to her. Mm -hmm. And what the Lord is saying is those many widows that were hurting in Israel, so many of them would not have done that. Because they didn't respect it enough. Didn't believe in it enough. They'd have been too scared. It's a time of famine. Three and a half years. Everybody's starving. They would have clung to the little bit they had. Too afraid. Keep reading. In 1 Kings there. As she was going to fetch it. So she's going. She has faith. How do we know? She's doing it. He called to her. He said, "Uh, why are you going? Could you bring me, I pray thee? He's not telling. He's asking. Could you please get me just a little morsel of bread? How many of know this is like asking for gold? In a famine? Could you give me just a little bread in your hand? I mean, we're not talking about a big piece. It fits in the the palm of a, a woman's hand, widow's hand. Just a bite. We'd say morsel means bite in Missouri.
1: <laughs>
0: could you give me a bite? Just, just a bite. Keep reading. She said, as the Lord your God lives. So she knows he's a man of God. I, I don't have a cake. I wish I could give you a piece off the cake. I don't have a cake of bread. I got a handful of meal in a barrel. We'd say the barrel, we'd call it empty. If you scrape up what's left in the bottom, you can get a handful of meal in the barrel. And I got a little bit of oil in the cruise. And what I was doing out here getting these sticks is I'm going to go in and fix it for me and my boy. And we're going to eat it. That's going to be our last meal. And then I guess we're going to die. Is she exaggerating? This is how it is. It's not just this way with her. According to Jesus, it was that way with many other widows in the country of Israel. And Elijah said to her, what did he say? Fear Fear not. That's, man that's that's the big one isn't it yeah. don't be afraid when the lord says cast all your burden on me don't you have to fear not to do that yeah. that's what this is about are you going to fear or are you going to trust right. are you going to be too paralyzed to move or are you going to do what he said right. will you sow when he tells you to sow when you go when he tells you to go right. if you won't then he can't keep you like he wants to it wouldn't be fair to all the other people perishing. If he's going to keep you, when you won't listen to him, and won't do what he tells you to do, he's unjust in not keeping everybody else. They don't even believe in him. Whether you think it's fair or not, he's fair. He's completely fair and good. How many believe he wants to do it for everybody? Do you believe he wants to do it for everybody? Is there any reason why everybody can't believe him? They could believe him. Any of us could believe him. If you would. So it's not his fault. And Elijah said to her. Don't be afraid. Jesus said that to many people. Fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Go and do as you have said. But make me a little cake out of it first and bring it to me and after make for you and for your son. Now what would the news shows do with that? Prosperity preacher steals food (laughs) out of dying child's mouth. What could the media do with that? Could they spend that or not? Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Now, here's another side of it. Because of that, there are ministers that won't preach prosperity and won't receive things lest they be associated with fraudulent things. And what they don't realize, they're denying. People in need, the opportunity for a miracle. I remember another widow in the New Testament. People were coming, putting in the offerings. You remember this? And the people that had a lot came, put a lot in there. And there was one widow who had two mites, probably less than two cents today. She came and put it in. And the Bible said Jesus was watching what they put in. <laughs> what if I'd have done that tonight? What if I'd have come by and said, Let me see your envelope. Okay. Let me see your check. Okay. Let me see. Is that a 5 or a 10? What is that? Is that 50? Is that a 100? What is, what is that? What would a lot of people think about that thing? Oh, I'm never going there. I'm never going there again. I knew it. And yet, I would be acting like Jesus. I would be doing exactly what he did. <laughs> Somebody still can't get over that. They're going, oh, you better not try it with me. I, didn't say. I really don't care. It's not my business, I should say it like that. I do care. I care that you're okay and you get what you need. But it's not my business. I purposely don't look at things. But... Jesus said, this one, he announced it to everybody, and he said, this woman has given more than you all, because she gave everything she had. Now, if, as some people preach, if what they preach is right, she shouldn't have given at all, and if what they preach about Jesus is true, he'd have got up and said, no, dear, no, no, no. Put those back in your purse. And all you rich guys, you give her some of your money. You do it right now. Because what I preach is redistribution
1: of the wealth.
0: He let her give it and made a big deal out of it and left her money in the offering. Come on, are you listening? Did he? Did he? If anybody should be exempt from giving. It should be a starving widow and her child. If any, anybody should be exempt from putting anything in the offering, it should be a widow with two cents, two pennies. And there are people all over the place, church-going people and preachers, that would say, yeah, that's right. They No, you don't need to give anything. You're in need. No, honey, that's how you get out of need. Yeah. That's how you get out of trouble. Yeah. Which is why Jesus let them do it. Yeah. Commanded her to do it. Come on, can you see? He didn't just let this one do it. He commanded her to do it. Yeah. A lot of people think, because I don't have much, God don't expect me to give anything. He certainly does. Yes. <laughs> the only excuse for not giving anything is if you have nothing at all. Zippo. Actually, the Lord corrected me one one time. I was out on the road and a lady came up to me and she said, oh, Brother Keith, uh, I want to thank you. You've sent me materials for years and letters and everything and I've never sent you a dime. And uh, I just, every time it comes, it's just the word that I need and it just helps me so much. I said, well, I'm glad we can do it. I said, that's all right. That's fine. You don't have to send us anything. And as I walked away, The Lord said to me, he said, that's not all right. That's not all right. She could be a partner for a dollar a month. A quarter a month, right? Who couldn't be a partner for 50 cents a month? It ain't right. It's not that they owe me anything. It's between them and the Lord what I'm saying the mentality of I don't have much I can't do anything God does not expect me to do anything is absolutely wrong Amen. these two widow women are examples of what we're talking about yes. why is this woman in the book why are we still preaching about her all oh, these centuries later come on read it 1 Kings why verse 14 why he said to her Thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. You gotta, that takes faith just like believing ravens are going to bring. it, Right? right? Yeah. Neither shall the crews of oil fail. You're going to use the last bit you got. It's going to be gone. How's that going to happen? And it's not going to fail until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Can he sustain you in any circumstances, any situation? Verse 15. Why is she here? What's different about her than all those hundreds or thousands of widows that were in Israel that the Lord didn't send him to? What was different about her? She went and did it. She went and did it. What's the key to getting a miracle? whatever he says to you do it, do it. does it take faith yes. oh, many a time Phyllis and I have cleaned out our account many a time we've given our most prized possession thing we liked the best the thing that we believed God to get many a time it takes faith to do that and not know where it's going to come from and how you're going to get what you need by the time you need it doesn't it it takes faith takes faith. But can you trust the Lord? Yes. If he tells you to do something, yes. is he going to take care of you? Yes. Would the Lord tell this woman to do this and not take care of her? No. Never has happened. No. Never, will. No. Never will. She went and did it. According to the saying of Elijah, and what happened? What happened? What happened? And she and him, the man of God, and her house. That's not just her kid. All right. Kid folks came over. <laughs> when they heard there was food. Yeah. Yeah. You know the greatest thing you ever did for your family? Was obey God. Amen. Sometimes they're the very ones try to talk you out of it. Scoff at you. Make fun of you. Whatever. And sometimes it's hard. Because it seems like when you obey God. You're going this way and they're going that way. But the best thing you ever did for your family was obey God and go all the way. Because the blessing on you is going to affect them. If not today, tomorrow. And you can be in a place eventually where you can bless them and help them. And you never would have been if you'd listened to them. She went and did it. What would she do? She made her last little cake. She took a piece of it. First, for they ate. For her kid ate. Now how many how many folk would have you lost them there? They'd said, My baby's gonna eat. Preacher man.
1: <laughs>
0: That's one of the ones the Lord didn't send him to. The Lord knew they would have said that and thought like that, so he didn't send them to them it wouldn't have done any good. They wouldn't have believed. They wouldn't have obeyed. They wouldn't have got the miracle anyway. She brought a little cake to the man of God. She said, I wish it was more. This is fresh out of the oven. Here, man of God. Bless us. Hallelujah. And what happened? Come on, what happened? What happened? What happened? And she and he and her house ate the next day and the next day and the next day the rest of the week. Come on, and the rest of the month and kept on eating. Hallelujah. Many days, many days, many days until this thing was over. Keep reading, verse 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not Neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. How did that happen? How did that happen? They'd get to last out. You shut up the oil bottle and cover over the meal barrel. But the next morning, when they came to make some more food, open it up, there's some more. Take it out. But when it came supper time, open it up, there's some more. It just never ran out. glory to God God. you know the Lord multiplied the loaves and fishes didn't he on more than one occasion he can do that kind of thing for those that will obey you know that wasn't the end down in the 19th chapter first kings in 19:5 says as he lay and slept under a juniper tree an angel touched him and said get up and eat and he looked and there was a cake Baked on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again, took him a nap. And the angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, said, Get up, eat, because the journey is too great for you. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights to Horeb the Mount of God. Angel cake is potent stuff, bro. (laughs) Gotta be. You can run on it and stay strong for 40 days. That's a month and a half. of two meals of angel cake. How many, why did God save this for us? So there's many things God has done throughout every generation in history. And most of them we don't know about. And won't know about this. So why did God have this one saved for us? And in the word of God for us, you and me, to hear it and know it, our fathers, our children. Why? Because it is such a perfect example of how God can and will take care of you and provide for you. And I don't care how bad it gets and how low it gets, He can take care of you with ravens. He can take care of you when the meal barrel's empty through somebody you'd never imagine He would use. Somebody don't have any money. He can have an angel show up and feed you cake. With a God like that, why should you and I ever worry our little brow? Come on, are you listening? With a God that can do that? This, so what what is he saying? I mean, why would he do things like pay taxes through a fish's mouth? Why? What does he keep saying? He's saying, I got a zillion ways. That's right. That's right. Is that right? I can do this a zillion ways. Don't you worry about can it happen? Don't you worry about how it's going to happen. You just need to believe me. And trust me. And I'll take care of it. I can do it. can he? Yes. Glory to God. Thank you, do you see the recurring thing that happened here? In order for him to be sustained. The ravens had to listen to God and do what he said. And Elijah had to listen to God and do what he said. The widow had to listen to God. Is that right? And do what he said. And Elijah had to listen to God and do what he said. The angel had to hear from God and do what he said. And Elijah had to hear from God. Come on, do you see a recurring thing? If you and I are going to make it, we're going to make it through the 2010s or the 2020s, come on, are you listening, yeah. or the 30s or 40s, whatever, ever? how long the Lord tarries, and we continue. Uh, if we're going to make it while other people are ravaged by crime or disease or this problem or that problem, what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to believe Him? Yes. And when He tells us, get out of here, then you need to get out of here. When He tells you, go there, then you go there, right? Yeah. When he tells you now, it's a time for a change. Leave here and go there. Got to do what he tells you to do. Not just something that crossed your mind. Not just because some wide-eyed person come and prophesied to you. I'm talking about you actually spent time and sought God and heard from him. And again and again, it'll be different than what you thought you would do. But there'll come moments of truth in your life. All along, the Lord will deal with you, do this. And your flesh will go, Huh? What? That's not what we were planning on doing. That's my last hundred dollars. That's this, that's that. And all you need to know is it him? That's all you need to know. Is this really the Lord dealing with me to do this? And once you get that settled, if you don't want to perish like other people perish, you best get your little self in gear. Is that right? And get to the brook Go to Zarephath, hook up with the people God told you to hook up with, stay where he told you to stay, do what he told you to do. How many know you'll have to put your flesh under to do that? Because the enemy will try to get you out of the place of God's provision. God's provision is inseparable from God's plan. Can you see this? The two are interconnected and So the enemy knows that, so he's going to continually try to get you at odds with somebody and get you out of your place and away from your grace. Come on, can you see this? And get out of the will of God just because you got mad, because you got upset, because you got your feelings hurt. No matter how much you got your feelings hurt, that doesn't change the plan of God, honey. No matter how mad and upset you got, God doesn't go, oh, oh, they're mad. Look, they're mad. Um, We've got to change the plan now. Just because you get mad and jump out of your place and run off somewhere else doesn't mean God told the ravens to, he he didn't redirect their flight. They're still going there. And if you ain't there, I guess they're just going to have a picnic. Somebody else is going to eat your provision. (laughs) Somebody say, no, 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 no. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. I'm I'm going to receive what I'm supposed to receive. I will be well kept my whole life long. I'm set for life. Hallelujah. Isaiah 1, if you'd put it up. Isaiah 1. 18 and 19. Anybody ever know this verse? Actually, just go to verse 19, for time's sake. Isaiah 1:19. What do you say? What do you say? If starts with an if. <laughs> that means it's conditional. If you do this, something will happen. If you don't do it, it's not going to happen. If you be willing and how I many? Willing's not enough. You got to go on and do it. If you be willing. And obedient. Come on. Sit out loud with me. Out loud. Well out loud. Willing. (laughs) Willing And. and Obedient. obedient. If you be what? Willing. Willing. You know what willing is? What's willing? Willing. Okay. I'll do it. Right? Okay. No matter what. Okay. I'll do it. Willing and what? Obedient. Obedient. Well, then get to it. Do it. (laughs) Right? You said you was willing. Now prove it. Do it. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. What's the good of the land? He's not talking about the cheapest one. He's not talking about the lowest level. He's He's not talking about the wore out one the used one. He's talking about top of the line. The literal is fat of the land. It means the best. Best in the land. I was telling Phyllis, uh, well actually today, some things we're talking about that the Lord's doing for us. I said, we're eating the good of the land. We've been seeing it for years now. We're getting some of the best things. We're enjoying some of the best things. Hallelujah. Some of them you paid half price for. Some of them you paid nothing for. They just came to you. What do we know? And I'm not claiming I've always been perfectly willing and obedient on everything. But when you see that, what do you know? Is at least there's some some of it there. There's some willingness. There was some obedience. Hallelujah. Well, what I've experienced of it, I really like it. I really like it. I want more of it. Which means what? I need to kick it into full gear. Fully willing. Fully. Obeyed, and then I'm going to see a full supply Thank of God. the best of the Lamb, the best you can get. Come into our life, come into the church, come into the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's will is not junk. No. God's will is not barely surviving, and God's will is certainly not perishing. No. Yeah. But you got to believe Him, and you got to obey Him. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Somebody stand up and say, I'm willing. Amen. Come on, stand up. And tell him, say, I'm willing, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. These words don't take too long to say. But you will be tested as to whether you believe them or not. It'll come down to some things and you'll think, well, I, I wasn't thinking about that. But then you'll find out if you're willing. You close your eyes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, Father God. Where you lead me, I will follow. What you say to do, by your grace, I will do. By your help, I choose to please you. I am willing to be willing. And I am willing and I desire to do your perfect will. And I am confident that as I do, you will keep me in every situation through every time and season, season. all the way way. to the end. end. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,
1: you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.